0: is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers.
1: And now keeping himself with Martinez,
0: five. He yeah. is going to be in, touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge, runs in from 15 yards out, tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets, one over the Florida Gators. Now, shoots the three, got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three point land. And a good time was had by all.
2: Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the K. and Husker Hour. Another Nebraska program losing games due to COVID this week. Not Nebraska's
1: fault, though. Nope. It's with the uh, Northwestern Volleyball Program, so no home opener for another week. Nebraska baseball getting practice underway this week. Finally. Finally. <laughs> normally, normally well underway, but this, this tells us right now that uh, that season's definitely pushed to March.
2: Maybe Will Bolt can get a whole season in this year? It would be nice. It, well, I guess it won't be a whole season. It's probably going to be Big Ten only. Right, so like, he's but... he's gonna get to year three and finally have like a regular non-conference and a regular conference. That's schedule. almost the same
1: conversation, not not quite to the same level, but of uh, Scott Frost every year having something canceled, uh, or, canceled or postponed or, or, or moved yeah. all over the place. Um, so far, we don't think that's gonna happen in 2021. But what we do know is
2: gonna happen with the Husker football program is there's gonna be some new faces on the offense. Yeah, there are, uh, and some familiar faces not part of the offense Correct. as well. Um, so I was I was thinking about this. Uh, the way that Nebraska's uh, – the way that the face of the program – we already talked about Wandale Robinson because uh, that announcement was a couple weeks ago. Right. He was kind of the face of the program. He was out there for the announcement for the facilities. He was out there for uh, a couple of social media things. That's obviously somebody that you were counting on being there, and and things changed quickly uh, towards the end of the season and after the season. Uh, And now you get the news this week that there were three transfers kind of all announced back-to-back-to-back with Will Farniok, whose brother just left, Mm -hmm. Cade Warner, and and then Luke McCaffrey. And Luke McCaffrey was a guy that Scott Frost talked extensively about being the future around here, in those interviews with the World Herald and the Journal Star just last week, he was quoted as saying that yeah, he's going to play quarterback throughout the season as well. So you you feel like the Wandale one might have caught him more off guard than the Luke McCaffrey one because they had still had Wandale in that that it was like a Christmas social media thing where he's mm-hmm. like putting Austin Allen uh, putting lights around Austin Allen as a Christmas tree, <laughs> uh, and obviously that's you know in December. Luke McCaffrey, these conversations about him staying at quarterback, he's the future of the program, these go back to November Mm -hmm. while the season's still in – we're still in the midst of the 2020 uh, run of of games. And so that one, you could – I I kind of got the sense that Frost could feel that one coming from further out. And you saw late in the season the snap counts really waned as well. Like he played less than 10 snaps – in the second-to-last game, in the third-to-last game, and then in the last game, he didn't dress. Mm-hmm. So, look, I, I don't know that Luke McCaffrey was going to be the heir apparent to Adrian Martinez after Martinez you know, leaves the program. I don't know that he was going to beat him out for 2021. Nobody will ever know now. But it it, it looked like frost was doing his darndest to try to keep him in the program and to try to keep him at quarterback as well keep him engaged in everything that's going on because um
1: what you say to the media obviously gets back to all of the players and if you say something as big as luke is the future around here i have no doubt that luke is the future around here that was the most uh pulled up quote this week for any story regarding the transfers especially involving luke mccaffrey now there's no doubt that, that Luke has all kinds of athletic talent. But I think there's a pretty widespread agreement that we don't know how much of that talent is at the quarterback position, particularly right. because of throwing the ball. Um, can, can he learn to throw the ball? Sure. Can he get stronger? Can he make the reads? Sure. But that's a project, and, and this Nebraska program is not in a place to have to be working on projects while the rest of your team is trying to figure out, well, if the quarterback positions a project, what, what are the rest of us going to do? Because that runs the whole offense. Um, and I think for Luke it was it became very clear that even if there was a true competition, he wasn't beating out Adrian Martinez. As, as much as there are issues with Adrian throwing the ball, it's still better than what Luke throws the ball. Um, as much as there are issues at times with – uh, Martinez turning the ball over, Luke's constantly turning the ball over. So that, so at no point did Luke take the position away. He had the opportunity. It was there. They, they got a win, obviously, um, in the Penn State game, but there was the opportunity for Luke McCaffrey to grab the reins and just go and never give it back, and he didn't do that. It was an opportunity missed for him that was put out there for by the coaching staff, and the fans wanted it, wanted to see it, but he didn't do it. I hope... He finds somewhere that will let him play quarterback if that's what he wants to do, and I hope he's successful doing so. I don't think that'll be at the Power 5 level. I think if he stays at the Power 5 level, this will irk a lot of Husker fans. If he's at the Power 5 level and someone convinces him to change positions, Husker fans are going to be like, "Well, you could have done that here. could have just stayed here and done that with your four remaining seasons. Yeah, But you've got him leaving, you've got the captain and Cade Warner leaving, you've got the only guy on this offensive line who learned center before before getting to lincoln yeah now leaving what does this increase your level of concern for the offense in 2021 or do do you see this in the kind of the way i see it is i don't really see any of those three guys playing in 2021 anyway yeah unless luke changed positions no none of those three guys are going to be a big part of this offense
2: yeah, I mean, the initial the initial reaction is it just kind of smacks you in the face. Like, we, we'd asked on this show a few weeks ago, hey, look at all the defensive players coming back, look at all the defensive players not transferring, uh, and so on and so forth. And then it was the almost exact opposite for the offense, and you're like, is that something or nothing? And, you know, for, for the most part, I think you could take each individual situation and just be like, well, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Y- you move on with these three, get, with these three get, in
1: particular with these three in particular it 's Luke wants to play quarterback, yeah. the other two want playing time right that, that breaks it down pretty simply right
2: and and you, you see three more offensive transfers. Mm-hmm. The initial reaction is holy crap, not again, more offensive guys jumping off the ship. What is going on here, and then you break it down, yeah, Luke McCaffrey may never play as a starting quarterback again at Nebraska, and if he wants to play quarterback he 's going to have to do it somewhere else. Cade Warner. I think the concerning thing about Cade's departure is he was a captain Mm. last season. And you, I don't know what that tells you about your program when a captain who still has years of eligibility left decides to leave and transfer to play somewhere else. Uh, But then again, he didn't catch a single touchdown pass this year, dropped a couple Mm -hmm. of them, and I don't know how much he was going to be involved in the plans going forward. He didn't that's play very much. A, that's a big part of it. I think he he really There's only so much you want to be
1: um like you can want to be a leader and you can want to be a mentor, but at some point you want to be involved with the offense more. Yeah. And there's enough athleticism at this position that has been recruited, that is coming in, in redshirt, that played a little bit last year, that has had another year in the system. Cage just got passed up. Yeah. It's all it and it's it's not that he was um like He's obviously going to be upset about it, but he's not bemoaning it, I don't think. He went through and helped all of those guys learn the playbook yeah. last year. Yeah. He helped this offense get another year better, and now he's going to go try to find somewhere that he can play his
2: last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. So so the, the, the captain thing is a little bit concerning there, but obviously I don't know that he was going to be huge hugely involved in the plans uh, going forward. And then the Will Farniak thing... Yeah, he's playing behind Cam Jurgens. They're clearly not going to be putting Cam Jurgens anywhere but starting at center. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of tangentially to Warner, uh Will Farniak's brother was just a captain and he left the program, uh you know, he's going to try his hand at the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so the, the other the other concerning thing about this is if you if you're uh, if you want to look at it from that side of it, who are Cade Warner and Luke McCaffrey's fathers? Yeah, uh, very prominent NFL names, including obviously Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame. Um, so that part of it, if if they're having conversations with dad, and they're telling them what they see, and maybe you know, maybe dad's giving them advice about it, maybe not. But I don't know that that's a a good thing because you you. You immediately think, well, shoot, uh, this was kind of a feather in Nebraska's cap, getting Christian McCaffrey's brother, mm-hmm. getting Ed McCaffrey's son, uh, regardless of what position he was playing, he just so happened to be playing quarterback, uh, and then Cade Warner walking on here with his dad, who as who he is, uh, that's those are those are prominent names. You got Nebraska mentioned on NFL morning shows because Kurt Warner's kid played here, so those things are that that's that 's a little bit of a downside of this, and to to the folks who are thinking of well geez, look at all these transfers, so many transfers there are not it, this is not a problem exclusive to nebraska no I think that 's the other thing to keep in mind. this is an important point because nebraska since i what is it i think it's like July of twenty twenty they 've got twelve transfers out mm-hmm. Notre Dame, who just made the playoff, they have Twelve transfers out in that same time frame. Oklahoma, who is basically one Ohio, one Iowa State loss away, or whoever else they lost, they had two losses. I yeah. think um, they're one loss away from making the playoff again. They're in the hunt every year for that. They had fourteen transfers in that same time period,
1: and they don't have an issue with their offense or their quarterback position going forward. Correct. They they are very established at key positions and coach
2: right. Taking the transfers in a vacuum, like the number of transfers Nebraska has at this moment from this last season, taking that on its own is not an indictment of where this program is mm-hmm. right now. You can look at more of this stuff as a whole, and it's a part of the puzzle of of what is plaguing this program, what's holding them back. But the transfers alone, thats that's not it. It's more than that.
1: And a lot of people, and we had it earlier this week, and I'm going to reference it it again when Debbie called in on What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday on LNK Today with Jack and Friends and said that the the transfer portal um, is what chapped her hide, and it shows a lack of loyalty from players to, to not stay at their program. And she included the seniors that were going to the NFL draft and not coming back for an extra year as showing a lack of loyalty to the program. There's a lack of loyalty within this Nebraska football program. Um, I pushed back a lot on that, but as the transfer portal side of it goes, the transfer portal is the worst thing in the world if anyone leaves your program. Right. But, man, if we can use that transfer portal to bring in some guys. If Dedrick Mills came from from Georgia Tech, man, that was real nice. Oh, Samori Toure is coming in. Marquis Step is coming in. Oh, they, these, are, these are great things. The transfer portal is not so bad when it's guys coming to our program we got to be more than just selfish when talking about the transfer portal. As a whole, it definitely doesn't look good when you've got record numbers year over year entering the portal, trying to find somewhere to play. NFL relatives that were playing with Nebraska trying to find somewhere to play. I think that's what those conversations were. I think that's what Cade was talking with his dad, Kurt, about was I want to play some games. I don't know if I can make the NFL. This is this is the shot yep. to go play some games. And no one's going to be more honest with his son than than Kurt Warner is going to be. So they're going to find a place for him to play and enjoy his last couple of years of college football.
2: Maybe they were Look, northern Iowa.
1: Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um and then for Luke, it's going to be the same thing. Talking with his brothers, talking with Ed. Where can you go play? If quarterback is what you want to play, Nebraska is not the place that you have the availability to do that. So that goes on the whole. The transfer portal looks bad because everyone's moving. But when you break it down into each individual guy and the guys that have left Nebraska, you can go to every single one of them. Even the Florida signees this last year that left before the season even started, you can go into each individual player that left the program and enter the transfer portal and find a good reason that it's better for them to go play somewhere else and at times it's even better for nebraska long-term now there's not a project quarterback you're worried about you say okay how close is logan smothers to being ready to go at that position you're not trying to find ways to um... pigeonhole wandale robinson the ball and just run in between the tackles four plays in a row just to tell him that he got touches that didn't help the offense That didn't help mm dale hmm and then you're trying to find a way to keep Cade Warner involved because he's a captain and he's helping and mentoring all these young guys. Now you now you have all these positions. There's no excuse but to roll out these athletic wide receivers. Yeah. So as a whole, it might look bad as on the transfer portal. When you break them down individually, it can be great for both the individual and the team.
2: Yeah, and not to mention the fact uh, Luke McCaffrey in the transfer portal. Uh, he's not the only McCaffrey in the. No, transfer Dylan portal right is in now. there. He's still waiting around. For I, his I, I was too. looking
1: at who who Nebraska might go after and grab, and I was like, oh, Dylan, just bring in Dylan.
3: It's just a, <laughs> it's a fair
2: trade. Swap McCaffreys. Send Luke to Michigan. Give it, oh. give
1: give Harbaugh Luke and see what he does. Oh man, that's exactly what Nebraska would want: is Luke to go to the Wolverines and be successful. Get out
2: of here, Harbaugh. <laughs> uh, we got Nate Klaus coming up next. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the roster movement that we've seen for the past few weeks. Also, what does the offense look like going forward? Nate follows this stuff more than anybody in terms of what these guys do in high school, what they look like, how they'll fit in a scheme. Uh, we'll talk to him about that. Plus, Nebraska basketball might actually be playing a game in a week. Well, what? What? Yeah. It's about that time? Yeah. We'll hit on that. And, Season uh, part two? Uh, yep. More more of that to come uh, and uh, additional football as well. So stick with us here on
0: the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN.
2: Rolling along here on your Saturday morning. No volleyball to speak of. Yesterday or today, unfortunately, with uh, COVID issues inside the Northwestern program. Boo! I was I was excited to get back into Vanny. Oh yeah, you were gonna be there, huh? That is correct. Man, real bummer for you.
1: It was it was going to, even though it was going to be empty and you were only going to have like some family on hand is what you've had for all the other events. Yeah, you're still in Vanny for a Nebraska volleyball match. Yeah, even if you were expecting to go sweep Friday, sweep Saturday. All right, let's write them up and we'll go get them again next week. You're still in the Devaney Center for a Nebraska volleyball match. Yeah, that's true. Got to wait another week, I guess. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, hey, we don't have an empty feeling here on this show because right now we are joined by the Husker Online's Nate Klaus. Uh, Join us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Nate, good morning. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. How are you guys?
2: We're doing pretty good. Um, we, we've got some roster movement again this week with Nebraska football, so let's start there. Uh, you've got, obviously, Luke McCaffrey, the big name, also Cade Warner, Will Farniak. Uh, this is kind of in conjunction with a lot of other movement, uh, mostly on the offensive side of the football. Uh, we, we've asked this to other guests over the past few weeks, and, and with three more on offense, I'll ask this to you. Is it something or nothing in terms of so many guys on offense going while so many on defense are staying?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there definitely uh, seems to be some sort of pattern there. But to be honest with you, I, I, I would chalk it up to be more towards nothing. Uh, Than something. Uh, I mean, outside of the Wandale Robinson transfer, you can't really point to anyone who's decided to leave on that side of the ball as being, you know, a major blow to the offense or being, you know, somebody who was a major contributor that's no longer going to be there, that's, that, you know, necessarily leaving a huge hole of production for the Huskers. Uh, you know, I know that Luke McCaffrey was a tremendous athlete. Obviously, I think that type of athleticism is an asset to any program. But, you know, if, if he's unwilling to be on the field at the same time as Adrian Martinez, who he kind of lost his job back to, um, you know, then, then what good is he? Uh, I mean, you can only have one quarterback on the field at a time. And, and if he's dead set on playing quarterback, then, then essentially you're, you're losing a backup quarterback. Um, you know, if you take the name out of the equation, which is hard to do at times. Because you know, especially with uh you know if you throw Kate Warner's name in there too, so uh, but at the end of the day, I think when you look at those three transfers, you're losing three backup players um you know it, it, that didn't really have a whole lot of production uh you know that they brought to the table this past year, so that's why I kind of lean towards talking it up towards nothing
1: Nate you with the Two of the transfers this week with uh, with Luke and Cade, and then you stack on there Wandale Robinson. Uh, Cole and I were just talking about this a little bit. This forces the staff to ramp up the, the progress of a Logan Smothers at quarterback, and on the outside, the coaching staff is now forced to play those athletic receivers that I think a lot of, Husker fans have been wanting to see more of and just haven't over the last couple of years uh, what, where do you see happening at the at the backup quarterback position and then with the the receivers who are going to have to start getting more touches
3: yeah definitely you know backup quarterback that does leave a little bit of uh, you know a void in that quarterback room you know where you look at, you look at that room now and, and it's pretty much adrian martinez uh, and then you've got you know as far as scholarship players then you've you go all the way down to to Logan Smothers, who's coming off his redshirt year, um, you know, and then Heinrich Harburg, who's the incoming true freshman, early enrollee, who, you know, and, and neither one of those uh, Smothers and Harburg have obviously ever played any college football or taken any snaps or you know stepped on the field. So, um, you know, I think it does change Nebraska's approach with its with its quarterback situation. and uh, More than likely, now they u- utilize one of those empty spots or remaining spots in the 2021 class to see if there's a, a transfer quarterback out there that, that makes sense. And, you know, and I don't know if that quarterback necessarily comes from the FBS level. Um, I think that there's a very good chance you see some really good quarterbacks from the FCS level enter the transfer portal, especially if, uh, you know, more of those, you know, FCS spring seasons that, that were supposed to be coming up here continue to get canceled. I know there's been a handful of programs across the country that have already, you know, decided to opt out of having the spring season. So um, I do think you're going to see some good quarterbacks in the transfer portal from the FCS level. And also another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, junior college, uh, you know, football didn't didn't happen this spring or this past fall. It's happening this spring. So there very well could be, you know, some decent junior college players, um, you know, including quarterbacks. That are that are available this spring to programs that have an extra spot or two in their recruiting class. So, um, you know, I think that's what it's probably going to force Nebraska to do. And then, you know, as far as wide receiver goes, you know, it, uh, you know, Cade kind of started the year as a starter uh, or began the year as a starter, and then you know, kind of faded off, didn't really have a whole lot of production, or didn't see the field a whole lot towards the end of the year. Uh, but you're right, I I do think it, it it places a little bit more of an emphasis on getting some of those younger guys ready to go or or expanding the role, you know, of a of a Xavier Best. And um, or, you know, I'm sure Nebraska's happy that they're gonna have Will Nixon back in the back in the fold, you know, coming this spring and you know, some some younger guys like that.
2: Nate Klaus from Husker Online joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, talking Husker football roster changes. Uh, let's look at the offense a little bit more. And part of what's been pointed out since a lot of these departures have been announced is, hey, look at what the offense is going to be going forward. Wandale was one of the smallest players on the offense, and and now he's not going to be there. And you look at some of the guys that Nebraska is bringing in in this 2021 class they're pretty big kids. What does the profile of the offensive skill position player Nebraska has been chasing the last couple of years look like, and how will that affect the offense going forward?
3: Yeah, you know that's really interesting. I kind of I wrote about that a couple weeks ago. It seems to be, especially at the wide receiver position, um, that Nebraska is targeting a bigger body type of athlete. There, um, you know this this past year in the twenty twenty one class, for instance. You know, all three of the wide receivers that they signed are 6'3 or taller. Um, You know, I think you could throw in a a guy like Thomas Fedoni in that mix who's 6'5 plus, Um, you know, James Carney even who's 6'5 plus. Uh, I think those are two tight ends that have the ability to to split out or flex and maybe play a little bit of a wide receiver. Um, So, I mean, they have really focused on recruiting size um, and height. And and I think – you know, I think that's because they want to have more of a presence on the outside. They want some bigger bodies that can go up and, and catch a fifty-fifty ball if they need to. Um, You know, and, and win those types of battles down the field. Whereas, you know, over the hand, last handful of years, you really haven't seen Nebraska have a wide receiver that could do that. Uh, probably since Stanley Morgan, and and Stanley was, you know, he was only six-two or so. So, um, you know, all these guys are six-three or taller, and and I think that's uh, I think that's not by a Accident. I think that they're making a, a you know, putting putting forth a, a strong effort to, to really increase the size there, especially on the outside.
1: Nate, we've talked about the the way the classes are set up for Nebraska. That it has been uh, very much youth. There there haven't been as many juniors and seniors, but man, there's been a lot of freshmen and sophomores. I just pulled up the Huskers roster, and if you count scholarship and walk-ons, there's over a hundred freshmen. In their eligibility going into this fall, uh, how many more locker rooms is this team going to have to build to to, to handle the, a roster this size that was already the biggest in the Big Ten?
3: Yeah, that's that's the amazing thing when you look at it. Um, you said over a hundred, and I'm pretty sure scholarship wise, you've got right around sixty three, mm-hmm. I think it is, that, that are going to be freshmen or redshirt freshmen. <laughs> so, I mean, that's you know that's well over three quarters of your scholarship roster that are. Really, really young players, and um, you know, you know, to have a, a roster that big, um, you know, that's that's part of the reason why I know that uh, they're really have been pushing since Frost got here to to get that new addition rolling, get it started, and and uh, to to really, you know, um, kind of break ground on that deal because they've had to split the roster into two different locker rooms, and and traditionally, you know, it has been that way, but. I think in today's day and age, you know, you, you want to have all your guys together, um, you know, I and mean, it's it's a recruiting tool as well, as we all know, to, to have a, a giant locker room, and that's that's nice, fancy, uh, but I think it does matter to have all those guys together in one room, and, um, you know, going forward, I think as soon as that, that project, um, you know, breaks ground and is finally completed, you'll finally see, you know, the whole team in one locker room, but yeah, it's pretty amazing right now to look at, The the roster and the scholarship distribution chart and kind of see how things are very lopsided towards being extremely young. Um, you know, and and I think, you know, it probably bodes well for the program, um, in the long run. You know, if you're, if you're looking down the road, I think that, yeah, they've certainly been taking their lumps right now, but, um, you know, if you can get old and stay old, as Scott Frost likes to say, um, I think good things are going to happen. And, and right now with, with the, So many players being freshmen and redshirt freshmen, um, they got a chance to eventually get old and and stay old.
1: There are a lot of towns in the state of Nebraska with less people
2: than are on the Husker football (laughs) roster.
3: (laughs) You're right about that. That's a good point.
2: Hey, uh, a lot of folks have probably forgotten since that December signing period is really the the, the place to be now. But uh, you got signing day coming up this week. It's Wednesday. Uh, One big-name Nebraska is keeping an eye on Omaha West sides Avante Dickerson and decommitted from Minnesota. Uh, says he's announcing on Wednesday. Nebraska's hot hotly on his trail, but so is Oregon. Do you think the Huskers get Dickerson or, or does he go out west?
3: You know, I, I think Nebraska is still in the hunt there, but it it's not looking good. I, I feel like I feel like Oregon has gathered a lot of momentum here recently. Um you know Avante did take a, an unofficial visit out to Oregon uh on his own dime You know, he he couldn't meet with the coaches or couldn't tour the football facilities or anything like that. But um, he did head out to Eugene and, and, you know, um, kind of stepped foot on campus and tried to get a good feel for what the town is like and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe that late visit to Eugene could be enough to push the Ducks over the edge here. So we'll find out for sure. Um, I think 8, 10 Wednesday morning is when he said he's going to make his final announcement. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, Definitely between Nebraska and Oregon, and uh, like I said, I, I think that uh, I think the Ducks, unfortunately for Nebraska, Nebraska fans, might have the uh, the momentum right now. Nate,
1: I'm- Nate I want to get uh, just your perspective on the transfer portal. There are a lot of folks that every time guys leave the Husker football program, the transfer portal is the worst thing in the world, and then they kind of ignore the fact that you get guys coming to Nebraska through the transfer portal what what are your just overall thoughts on, on where things are obviously there's record numbers year over year but for some of these individuals it obviously works out for them
3: yeah i mean you know the transfer portal by and large i think it's a good i think it's a good thing for the student athlete um you know the when you look at it coaches have free reign when, whenever they want to to up and leave a program and and go take a, a position or take a job at another program and um you know they're not they're not tied down or bound down to a letter of intent necessarily uh they can move freely um you know and that affects a whole roster of players and um you know if there's a player that has a limited amount of time to play college football um that feels like they need to maximize that time and in order to do that they feel like they need to enter the transfer portal then then i think they should have that right to do that um now you did mention that this is We've seen record numbers now. I think it's close to 1,400 players that are in the transfer portal right now. And that is that is uh, that's a mess. Now, and, and I would say that, you know, if you're a player that enters the transfer portal, you better have a plan. Um, you know, you, you better kind of have your everything lined up because uh, I feel like with so many names in there, there there's very few of those guys that are going to actually be able to, to better their situation. You know, uh, we're seeing very few players that are, Actually taking a step up and, and, uh, you know, improving their situation as far as, you know, moving from a, from a mid tier school to an upper tier school or, um, you know, things like that. Now, obviously you can move down and increase, increase your, your potential to see more playing time, so on and so forth. But, um, it's, it's a tricky deal right now. Um, and it does make it a lot easier for the, for the student athlete to, you know, when things get tough, just to say, you know what? Uh, i'm I'm out of here uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna go try and find something different um, and and I think that's what I dislike about it because I'm sure there's kids out there that regret um, you know kind of taking the easy way out and you know putting their name in the portal and then all of a sudden they don't have any options or or the options that they do have um, were were not an improvement over where they were where they used to be so um, you know I, I think there's pros and cons, but by and large i I do think it is a good thing for the student athlete.
2: Nate Klaas from Husker Online joining us here again on the K-Line Husker Hour. Always great stuff, Nate. Thanks for the time. Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend.
3: You bet. Have a good one, guys.
2: All right. Uh, it, yeah, that the transfer portal thing is <laughs> the numbers are always <laughs> – it, it blows my mind every year and then it gets bigger the next year.
1: There are um, not going to be spots for a lot of these guys. No. Um, whether you're trying to move up or you're trying to move down or you're trying to move laterally to find an opportunity – there are not going to be spots. There are a number of guys that were on scholarship somewhere, want playing time. They're going to end up walking on at a, at a smaller school, mm-hmm. whether that's FCS or D2. I do think what this is going to do, though, is the FCS level of talent, the, the Division two level of talent, is going to go up just trying to find spots here over the next couple of years
2: yeah it's two sides of the same coin like you said for nebraska fans you know you you hate it if it's if it's uh, a transfer out but if it's transfer in, oh yeah that's great (laughs) it's kind of like for me in this show i mean i got a lot of transfer outs but you get you get a guy like caleb henry come in and join you the transfer portal's great so yeah
1: suddenly it's like oh wait a minute that guy used to be a three star he's playing way better than he was rated
2: what were you rated as a uh thrower when you came out of high school we didn't have ratings no star I was a no-star. I, I, t- I guess technically all of you would be no-stars then. Right. Just a bunch of no-stars. <laughs> Me and all my no-star friends. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's go on to uh, basketball. Uh, Husker Hoops might get back in action uh, next week. Actually, it would be next Saturday. Uh, we'd be uh, taking you, not up to tip-off, but uh, we'd be kind of previewing that game. Uh, where's that program at? What is the what is the uh, kind of the outlook on the rest of the season? Uh, and might they be playing every other day through the month of February? Dear God, uh, we'll talk about that and uh, more next. Coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, fourteen hundred KLIN.
2: If you miss Nate Klaus from Husker online, he just joined us here on the program. Uh, you can always head to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at KLINHuskers. Huskers. The live stream is on Facebook right now, uh, and uh, we've got Kyle Ross chiming in on the uh, on the comments. Uh, women's volleyball is number one. Go Big Red, and uh, my personal favorite, go Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You got it, Kyle. I like where your head's at. Not even playing this weekend. Neither are the Bears there's a lot of
1: weekends that the bears aren't playing recently all right (laughs) you know what
2: so this is this is uh something i dug up um i didn't really dig it up let's be honest uh nebraska basketball right they're finally maybe going to be able to play a game next saturday you know how long it's been since nebraska basketball the men's side has played a game um it will have been a month when we get to that point their their last tip-off the Bears were still in the playoffs. <laughs> That's how long it's been. <laughs> that is <laughs> It was actually literally the second half of the Bears Saints game was going on when Nebraska and, and Indiana tipped off on January 10th.
1: And here's the thing about all of these games that have been postponed for the for the Huskers, it was what six this month? Uh S- yes, yeah, 5 six, in a row, 5 in a row, 6 four, overall. Yeah, so 6. Um, and they're going to try to make up all of those. Jeez. Now, what does that situation mean when you still have nine games left on your schedule you are going to close the final month of the season um hat tip to robin wash it on this one yeah. and over the last about 30 days you're going to try to get in 14 or 15 of those games As as they're still trying to to nail down exactly what the dates are, no official announcement, but when you do that, you're
2: playing a game every other day. Nebraska's basically the sacrificial lamb to the rest of Big Ten.
1: Just coming, which, I mean, as a player, you're going to get tired, but you're like, man, I just show up every, like, we have a rest day, then we go play a game.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No more practice. It's every kid's dream, right? Man, this is the
1: the reason I went to college. I don't want to practice. I want to (laughs) rest, and then I want to go play a game. Um, Uh. But, yeah, shoot, uh, when you're playing that often, you might mess around and win one or two. All right. Uh, but yeah, that's going to become an, an issue with the with the team with their legs. They're just trying to get back. Uh, Coach um, Hoiberg said earlier this week that he's hoping Sunday they can get their first like practice with almost everybody there, um, which which is going to be an issue. So now you have um, five six days of just trying to get the team yeah. all back together. You will have had a month off. You're basically into a whole nother season. It's like you just took off enough time that it is a giant off season, and you're coming back, but for Nebraska, it's just season part two and everyone else has still been playing. They're still in shape. Yeah. How much of that is going to be you've had the rest, but for the guys who had COVID, how... How much are they worn down a little bit? Because you don't know how severe it was symptoms? for any individual. Yeah. Um, we do know we just found out yesterday that assistant um, Matt Aldomasi says he's tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, so most likely he won't be at the uh, the game next week and might miss a couple of games. But for this entire coaching staff and all the players, you just hope that there's there's no uh, severe outcome especially as we talked about Coach Hoiberg with his heart issues. yeah. But, man, to go the, – the grind of the Big Ten is one thing. To grind
2: the Big Ten every other night for a month? Gosh. So, in, in, in addition to that, you were going to see Nebraska in action three days earlier. Uh, right now, they're slated to play on Saturday, uh, February 6th, against that Michigan State. They were going to get that game in on Wednesday of this coming week, the 3rd. Uh, but that got moved – due to the Big Ten rescheduling Iowa-Michigan State for February 2nd. That game had been postponed back from January, uh, I think the 14th. So that, that scrunches things down even more uh, because you would have had more time in between that first game back and that second game back. Now, they do literally have one day off between Michigan State- and Minnesota. They're probably just going to hop from East Lansing over to Minneapolis, not even come back to Lincoln. That's February 6th, Saturday, uh, and then turn right around on Monday and play Minnesota February 8th. If you look at what's going uh, into that schedule, I mean, even before you try to add those other games in, you were playing every basically every third or fourth night. Mm -hmm. Um, Now you'll probably have to slide a couple games one way or the other. Right? You have a full week between the second-to-last game, and the last game with Rutgers uh, and then Northwestern, respectively. So maybe you can even squeeze two in in that space. Uh, But, geez, that's... And, and, And not only do you have all these games coming back in, but you are feeling a little bit better about your situation, I think, if you're looking at Nebraska's makeup on the floor, because... That last game back, uh, they had the they had the one game canceled against Purdue, and then you had the one game against Indiana that you did get in before this shutdown. And that Indiana game, you saw the first game, the first appearance of Derek Walker, transferred from Tennessee. And I think there's a lot to like about what he can bring. Uh, obviously, you saw him winded early in the game if you watched that first half uh but he came on uh he was he was providing a different look down low for nebraska uh somebody with legit big 10 size and legit power 5 experience coming from tennessee it's something that you didn't get from ivan because ivan is still not quite that developed offensively yet mm-hmm. it's something you don't get from eduardo andre because he still needs to put on about 30 pounds yeah uh, <laughs> to to that frame But Derek Walker, while not as tall or long as Andre, um, and and not quite as uh, not not being with the program as long as uh, Ivan has been, uh, Eduardo uh, or Derek Walker is is a guy who is going to be able to give you some contributions. It's just how much more time, how many more games is it going to take for him to start to get a better feel for his teammates, a feel for the offense, and have that be a little bit more. Uh, uh free-flowing than, than kind of rigid like it looked early in that game against Indiana.
1: So although Walker's only played in one game, he's actually been around as long as Ivan has because he he had to sit out all oh, of true. last year. Uh, yeah, so He's, he's so, been on the roster. So right. he's been on the roster. He's been in the program. He's yeah. gone through all of the practices and everything, and he gets to go against Ivan every single day yeah. Um, in one of those guys, and he got to spend all of last season watching these Big Ten bigs, and then he had to spend half of this season yeah. watching all of the opponents um, there's not going to be someone more excited to come back and play because he just got one and was like, yes, I'm finally back. Oh, darn, now there's a month off. But you're exactly right. Derek Walker is just stronger and more experienced, even though he's only played one game in a Husker uniform. Albeit, those are some sweet Husker uniforms. Those were the Herbie ones, weren't yes, they? Yes, they were the Herbie ones. Oh, I loved those. God, those were fantastic. Them. Put uh, them on sale, Huskers.com. That's the other thing. What are we doing here? Oh, quick little tangent. Put those on sale. Put every Husker jersey that you've got, like every alternate on sale. Yes. But please, 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 can we get some baby... Nebraska volleyball clothes, because I will put Millie in Nebraska volleyball clothes every Friday and Saturday over the season. It's great to have the cheerleader stuff. Give me some volleyball gear. Uh, uh, uh. Coach Cook, make it happen, please. Lauren, his daughter Lauren just just had a kid. Yeah. F- get me more baby gear for volleyball, please. Caleb is on one. Anyway, yes, Derek Walker. He's stronger, and I think what he showed in that Indiana game is the way this offense is supposed to look, especially in the transition game, because there was that stretch in the Indiana game where Nebraska just couldn't do any wrong. On the defensive end, they were grabbing rebounds, they pushed into transition, and Derek Walker is faster than any of the other bigs. Yeah, There's something about being taller, there's something about being bigger and stronger, and you want all of those things, but when you've got a guy who is he's 6'8", he's battling big guys on one end, the rebound comes out, and if you can run step-for-step with Teddy Allen and Kobe Webster and all of these guys pushing the ball up the floor. That's what this offense is built on. Yes. Now you're all of a sudden at the block, and you don't have to seal up as hard because that guy's still at the free throw line by the time you get the ball. Right. So that's, that's another thing, just the, the athleticism, the speed. Derek Walker brings this Hoiberg offense and scheme closer to what it's supposed to look like. And a lot of the season, we have not seen it run the way it's supposed to especially when things slow down into the half court. Teams have figured out if you put Nebraska into the half court, they're going to struggle. Yeah. If you can get us more stretches like you had over that 8 minute um period against Indiana, that's what this team is supposed to look like going forward. And and Hoyberg is still trying to fit all the pieces
2: together and now you got to take a couple steps back because of a month layoff. Yeah. Um quick question before we get to break here uh, on the Facebook stream from Kyle. Uh he he's wondering about the the difference in COVID um, the, the results Nebraska football had having uh, not really had issues with COVID and then Nebraska basketball obviously had this big outbreak. I think, honestly, it's just a matter of you get one guy into that Nebraska basketball program with it and it, it, sp- it just spread pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 it's, I don't know if it's more simple than that or more complex than that. but
1: Yeah, there's, there's certain things that you can do um, – like Think think with football, you've got a bunch of pads and everything on. For the most part, you've got a helmet, you've got a mouthpiece. They're, yes, you're going to be breathing and tackling on each other. Um, a little bit but, more space. Yeah, but there's still, in general, a little bit more space. Most of what you're doing is in a greater um, space, even if you're in the Hawks. But a lot of times you're outside. You go to watch film, and they split it all up into position groups. So there's not as much time um, spent right on top of each other. Now, for basketball, it's smaller numbers. And you have to be right on top of each other. There's not a helmet and a mouth guard between you guys for anything. You, As soon as you're doing any kind of blockout drill or one-on-one drill or any any scrimmage in practice, you're all breathing on top of each other because most of the players aren't wearing masks through practice. Yeah. And it just takes one guy to have it and be asymptomatic. And then all of a sudden it's half your team has it. Yeah. And it gets into the rest of the Tier 1 personnel, meaning the coaches or any of the staff that have um, contact with the team. So, yeah, it's more – there's there's a bigger chance for a wildfire effect on a team like basketball than there is a team like football because for the most part football is able to split up their position groups uh, to the point where you might lose 5 to 10 guys for football just through contact tracing, not even positives – and
2: we won't hear about it on a saturday depending on who the guys are right yeah yeah i think that's right it's it it, it it's unfortunate the way that football handled things that basketball couldn't have gotten through the season but that yeah. tells you how how good um some
1: teams have done and how lucky some teams have been like women's basketball yeah yeah and
2: and honestly you got to give the f- the football program credit for for being as as well. as diligent as they were they were they were locked in on getting games in more so than you know More so than Ohio State. Ohio State had a little bit of an outbreak towards the end of the year, too, and and they were lucky to get some of those guys back for the championship game. Um, All right, uh, rolling along here on your Saturday morning. uh, My message uh, to Nebraska football fans about all the transfers, the offseason, all the happenings. Uh, My message coming up here when we get back.
0: Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. If you missed the uh, the
2: result from volleyball last night, don't worry you didn't because there wasn't one. Uh, issues with COVID inside the Northwestern <sighs> program. So uh, the match yesterday, the match today, those are both off. Uh, and so Nebraska will try to open things up at home next weekend uh, at the Devaney Center.
1: Taking uh, on Maryland, the Friday match will be played here on KLIN, pregame 530. Tip-off, or first serve, kickoff, 6 o'clock.
2: Yeah, whatever starts that thing. Uh, and and if you remember my message about Nebraska football, if you get one game in, call it a success, be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more so with volleyball, as good as they are and as, as national championship contending as they are. Uh, because you're not going to get as many of them this year, you're not going to get uh, as many matches, and, and you're going to lose some as we saw yesterday and today.
1: That's a good. That's a good thought experiment. Let's say that every team Nebraska continues to go throughout the the rest of this season, the other uh, ten weeks that they have, and if every week their opponent has COVID issues and there's not a replacement for them to play, is a ne- is a two a is team. a two and zero Nebraska team. Going to the tournament? They're still a top four seed. Top four seed, even.
2: <laughs> yes! Come on! <laughs> they just had the greatest recruiting class in the history of the That sport. doesn't get to play this year. Well, I know, but... I think people understand what this program. I think there's a little bit of attraction. I think that, that would be interesting of. if everyone else pretty much plays full seasons. Do you put a two and and-0 Nebraska volleyball team in? It, that's a little bit more extreme than the Ohio State football situation. That's kind of like what they had. Oh, because, for sure. Oh, they only had six games. How do you know if they're that good? And you
1: were only talking about the top four. There, right. we're talking about can they at least get an at large into the forty eight?
2: They're still getting it. Put they're them not a top four seed.
1: Put them in as an eight seed. Oh,
2: John Cook <laughs> raining fire on everybody after that.
1: Every time they've put us as an eight seed, we've won a national championship. No big deal.
2: So that was my message regarding the football program uh, about uh, about the off season now and and what we see from this program going forward. Uh, you you have the transfers out that people are you know kind of mashing their teeth about. Wandale Robinson's leaving. Luke McCaffrey's leaving. A mm-hmm. bunch of the offensive players are leaving. Uh, A lot of the defensive players are staying around. Uh, You don't know what's going to happen, but Frost is changing the way the play calling happens. He's splitting that up a little bit, right? but then there's not changes to the coaching staff. You don't have a full-time special teams coach. Look, it is as simple as this. It's very obvious, but I'm just going to go and say it. Winning will resolve all of it. Winning games will make everybody shut up about whether or not it's a good idea or bad idea for Scott Frost to call the plays. You
1: watched the Tiger documentary this week, didn't you? You know what? I haven't yet. Winner, winning takes care of everything. It does. But it
2: does! It freaking does. Like, does! yeah, Winning fixes all of it. Think about everything that you don't like about what Scott Frost has done or said, the decisions he's made, the comments he's made after games... Oh, he, he talked too much. Why did he say that? That doesn't make sense. Oh, he didn't talk enough. He's dodging the media. <laughs> like, all of it goes away. Transfers? They were bums. You get transfers in? Look at that. He's finding diamonds in the rough. No coaching changes? Staff continuity. Play calling changes. Look at that humility. He's giving up responsibility. Look at the insight he has into the program. Like, all the whole mindset shifts. If you go even 7-5 and five next season... Eight and four would be even, I mean, obviously just get to six and six, but be content like, like Bill Moose and Scott Frost said, be contending for the, the division still into late November. And, uh, and, and maybe you have something there that you can build on. Like that's all it, it winning will fix all of it. Winning will shut everybody up about all of the things that bother you. But if you don't win, then the, the cries obviously will get louder. It's just, it, the the decisions are only right or wrong based on the result, mm-hmm. and anybody who says otherwise hasn't paid attention to sports ever. The, the result is all that matters. Right, and that, that's
1: what's going to happen as long as this team gets past Halloween and is not eliminated from the division, where you've got three four games left. You'll say this team is doing like they're doing okay. We're not going to know the full impact of all of these transfers and departures until we get to the fall. We're really not going to know it through the spring. Right. Um what we what we know from this offense is that Brendan Hymus is the biggest loss. Yeah. That 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 is 100% the thing that we know
2: about this offense. Wayne playing, no, playing in the senior bowl today by the way.
1: Um and he from all the video I've seen on He's social done media done well in He is just Ruining some dudes, yes, like some good edge rushers, and he was just bodying them up. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a guy we knew. Hymas had a chance to go last year, mm. came back for this year. Uh, if he plays well today, and there's not going to be the, um, you're there's not no going, combine. To, yeah, there's no combine, so you only have your school's pro day, right? So he has today, and then a pro day back here, yeah. um, at Nebraska. He's leaving quite the impression. He's leaving a really good impression. He's to to not just be—is he on a draft board? Is he kind of in the mid rounds, top five rounds, top four rounds, depending on how you go? Now, this is a—I know, especially in the first round, it's a, it's an offensive tackle-heavy class. Yep. Um, but when you start going through guys, and the fact that in the NFL, half of the teams don't know who their quarterback is going to be next year, you've got enough spaces that. What do you want to do when you don't necessarily know who your quarterback is long-term? You want to load up the offensive line yeah. because that way you can say, we've got all this protection, whether you draft a quarterback or bring in a quarterback, to say you're not going to be getting drilled every single time because we've used all of these draft picks and we've brought in all these free agents on the offensive line. It works out well for a Brendan Hymas. Um, oh, but yeah. I think he is the biggest loss going into next year. Yes, you, you lose a little bit with Wandale Robinson, but now, like we've said earlier in the show, you are forced to use your athletic young receivers.
2: Mm-hmm. There's no longer a choice. And then again, looking at it from the other side, uh, not that Brendan Hymas isn't a loss, because obviously he is, but... Uh, now you're to one, see the one, development one of those en- <laughs> One encouraging thing about the Rutgers game was Turner Corcoran's oh, emergence. man. And the fact that you didn't even really notice he was there. Right. Which is saying something, because that's a guy who hadn't really start. He hadn't started, obviously, but hadn't played much either as a true freshman. And he's coming in for a guy who's playing in the Senior Bowl, and, and you didn't and notice f- that much of a
1: drop-off. Had 40 straight starts. Mm-hmm. And now Corcoran... Just like Hymus did, got his first start as a freshman. Right, and he's still a true freshman next year.
2: He wants to be. <laughs> if he wants to be, he's not going to play like a true freshman. I'll tell you that. No, and I think Nebraska can be excited about that. Uh, and and another thing, uh, as we wrap up the show after this, um, uh, one of the silver linings that we haven't discussed about a lot of offensive departures, uh, we'll hit that and wrap things up on the other side of this break here. This is K Lion Husker Hour. Right up to the front, right
0: up to the- giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN.
2: (laughs) All right, wrapping things up here on your Saturday morning. Uh, Remember, uh, upcoming, uh, if you want to watch Brendan Hymas in the Senior Bowl, you'll be able to do that. Uh, That is later today. It's the NFL Network. Yeah. Has that game. And you don't have to worry about it running into a
1: Nebraska volleyball match. Ah. Was excited to watch that on NET and uh, listen to it over
2: on uh, B107. Women's Hoops just three. won yesterday against Wisconsin. Two days ago. Two days ago, that's right. And it was the first comfortable win. Yeah, they blew um,
1: them out. 84-68. They actually had it. They were up by like 20 a, a couple of times. Um, just didn't really close things out. Amy Williams wasn't very happy with how the game finished. 29 free throws for uh, Wisconsin, who has no wins in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, is just like 3-10 and 10 on the season. Uh, enough free throws went in to make it that closer of a game. Uh, but man to not have a dogfight for the first time since before Christmas little less stress and now they'll get a bad Penn State team this next week
2: Nebraska women's basketball is on the bubble yes I saw that that's that's exciting news for Amy Williams and, and her uh, her club there uh the, the another silver lining with all the offensive departures on a foot, on the football program of the early enrollees 11 of them eight are on the offensive side. Uh, you got three offensive linemen, two tight ends, a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a, uh, a running back. So you got some room there, and the two transfers as well. Nebraska Wrestling host number 18, Wisconsin tomorrow. It's the final match
1: at the Devaney Center. Volleyball next Friday. Men's basketball hopefully Let's next hope. Saturday. Let's hope. Get volleyball and basketball <laughs> back. All right. Go Big Red.